0: Hello, this is the Bare Bones Podcast. And this is the first one that I'm going to record in an audio format. It's the 31st of May. It is seven degrees. It was seven degrees. It's probably colder now, but it was snowing in Warner Ball and snowing in Ballarat. So it's a cold ass day. A good day to be sitting inside, uh, talking some techo sitting on my bed. My wife Lani, she's offered a yoga retreat in New South Wales and 100 kilometer hour wind gusts, cheap as creepers. Winter is well and truly set in. Now, I thought it would be a good idea to start doing these little bare bones podcasts in an audio format because, for, for a number of reasons, a uh, because no one was watching the video once so it's always a good reason to change it up and I feel like I want to keep talking so I like, I like talking about MMA and I like talking about Muay Thai and you know a lot throughout the day I actually find myself listening to a number of podcasts as I kind of potter about the house and do my business not really when I do my actual business not like you know what I mean just when I'm doing my stuff, uh, and I listen to a couple of podcasts, Striker Chad and Ring Lovers, and that they kind of uh, based around gyms and and you know, They they talk about what's happening locally at their gyms. I find them really interesting. So, you know what? Even if you no know one listens, even if one person listens, mate, I'm more than happy just to spend some time doing this because I love bones. I love martial arts. So. Here I am on the Tuesday after a big weekend. We had a big weekend uh, of fights. So we had six people compete from the gym. Which is why my voice is a little bit husky, a little bit sexy. Sound like Tracy Chapman. I actually thought when I was growing up that my dad had this old um, kind of hi-fi system as they used to call them. Hi-fi system, you know, it used to have cassette tapes, uh, but it was like pretty fancy for us. They had these headphones, and I used to kind of jam back listening to Tracy Chapman. And it wasn't until I was an adult, I actually realized Tracy Chapman was a woman. Anyway, kind of we digress. Um, so, yeah, on the weekend, Roots and Rebellion. So, maybe I'll just recap that and, um, you know, I'll talk about a couple of things that we've got coming up and anything else that. I think of in the meantime um, I'll digress and I'll diverge and I'll probably end up talking some shit but that's kind of just how my brain works anyway there's no one here to kind of set me on the right track Dylan so Dylan was up first Dylan was up first on roots he was fight number four it was in the daytime at the Melbourne Pavilion so we got back to the roots and rebellion format which is uh the root roots leads the card it's uh it's a it's a pro show and uh, it's roots is, is reggae themed all the all the shows are named after a uh a bob marley album so this was roots kaya which is a great song go and maybe have a listen to that or a root or Roots song rather than an album sorry roots kaya uh and the roots features during the day and then that will feed, you know, kind of fighters who have kind of one to ten fights. Sometimes the main event of Roots um, are a little bit more experienced. And then come the evening show, that's when you get more of your five-rounders, five-by-threes. And the Rebellion show kind of features the, the best of the best. And it's been a long time down in Melbourne since we've had uh, interstate participation. Because there's been, you know, the borders have been shut to WA, which is one of our really strong Muay Thai states in Australia and we had a bunch of them down but it was the first time we've kind of had roots and then rebellion for a long time actually it was really cool big day big day so uh, Dylan kicked off um, our uh, well he was our first fighter anyway he was fight number four well in fact before that some of you might know or have seen a uh, big fella Ben Hands from ETC down in Geelong he came and did a little bit of sparring the other day with Uh, James and Ryan, he actually fought James. It was both of their debut, big James Ashworth, the uh, Blood Eagle, he fought him uh, on roots, and he fought again versus a guy, uh, probably the biggest Thai man on the planet, a very big man, Gunn is his name. And Gunn, I'm pretty sure he used to play for the Thai national rugby team. Um, It's pretty crazy, I didn't even know they played rugby there, but he's a ginormous man. And he's a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Don. It's one of his boys from Super Fight Gym. One of the, um, kind of the more, uh, they're like a staple Muay Thai gym of the Australian scene, certainly in Melbourne. And they, those big dudes punched on. Saying, you know, usually I don't like watching big fat boys, um, do Muay Thai. It's not pretty, but these guys went pretty hard. Uh, both of them dropped one another and, um, yeah, it was good fun, fireworks. So good good job, Ben. Wasn't sure if us, either of them would make it out of life, but uh, I saw Ben pushing a pram and drinking a beer. He is from Geelong. It's kind of beers and prams tend to go hand in hand. Um, hopefully no one from Child Protection is listening. But so I'm drinking a beer later, so that was cool. And then Dylan was fight number four. So Dylan, you know, i probably caught, I occasionally caught criticism for giving people a, you know, not uh, like they might have only had a couple of pro fights or even on their their pro day, but I give them really tough fights because I believe in that. I believe that, um, you know, I believe that uh, it's those tough fights, the ones where we're kind of pushed to the bounds of our ability. We really have to persevere that kind of shape us and mould us and give us what we need from the experience, but... You know, developing that resume early on, I think it kind of fast-tracks development breeds much better fighters down the track. So, you know, Dylan, and this is only his second fight for the club, his last fight was on Hardcore Promotions where I cornered him, but he very much fought for himself in that one, and, uh, and you know, that's what I asked of him, and he fought for his mate, for Billy's Battle, um... But this was his first time fighting under our banner, I guess, and uh, to that end, I gave him a experienced uh, campaigner, um, Robert Wiley, who I think was his eighth professional fight, fighting under Dominance, and you know this is Dylan's third fight, so I gave him Wiley because I knew he'd be very clean, and you know Dominance have a really nice style and they know how to corner their fighters. They have a big fight team. And so I knew what would get what we're looking for with Dylan. A man, he did not look out of place. He look, he fought brilliantly. Um, he's definitely a slower starter. I'm kind of shaping and molding him into a five round fighter. That's kind of the goal. And he's um, starting to nerd out on Muay Thai. And he, uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about what lays in the future for Dylan. He's got. A very nice style. He's finding his rhythm. He stays very relaxed under pressure. He was, you know, working on a lot of the bringing in a lot of the things that we've been working on since he got to the gym. Um, you know, I saw some beautiful long guard. He kept the rhythm in his feet. Um, some awesome little clinching exchanges. He was controlling the ring really well. Uh, and three very clo- close rounds, like really close rounds. So super proud of Dylan. Uh, he lost via unanimous decision. Um, which is you know not not unsurprising given the task he had before him but the that result really doesn't matter one way or the other um, you know that that experience is really gonna further him and as, as he develops as a um, more tough fighter so good on you Dylan on on to the next one on oh, there was also his fight at 67 kgs which I think is definitely his weight he looked very fast and very balanced. So, yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then what do we have? Who's next? Oh, it was Johnny. John the Ho. Jo- not John the Ho. John Ho. John Sexy Amalek. John, John Apache. The last Ho-Ra fighting in the eight-man tournament. So at, at Wayans, uh, they did it K1 style, old school. So they chose uh, at Wayans. They were able to pick a number out of a hat. And um, John picked first, so John was John was John was picked out first, and um, so he didn't really get to bring strategy in. Uh, but what happened is Connor Goodman, the guy, who ended up winning the whole kitten caboodle. I think he was a little bit out of it from his weight cut, and he went stood next to John, probably not realizing what he was doing. Didn't matter in the end because the two ended up just in a clinch war, and. Um, we found it incredibly difficult to look, but look. Connor's trained by uh uh Corey, the cowboy Smith, who's a uh, very good uh re- season rebellion Moi Cow fighter. So, Moi uh, is like a knee style fighting of Muay Thai, it's very much pressure based. Traditionally, with Moi Cao you sit right on the end of the range and you just give people no space. And kind of there's a lot of hand fighting goes on and either kneeing long or, or um, you know, punching the body or punching to sit up your knees and then, you know, clinching as the fight goes on a little bit. You know, some Moikau, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bring kicks in early to kind of corral and keep their opponent on the ropes and in front of them um, so they can hit them up the, up the guts with uh, long knees, etc. But But, um, you know, you Connor Goodman doesn't have the kind of stereotypical um Cow body he's very short very stocky and very strong um like a lego man like a lego man with an irish accent and uh he uh wasn't really in range so he was either all the way out of range like further than long range where john couldn't time with kicks or he kind of just blasting and um his guys up to the ropes, which is, it's a it was an effective way of fighting on the night because he won, uh, but it made it difficult for us to get our kicks off. Look, we were a bit disappointed with the decision, to be honest. It doesn't matter one way or the other. We felt that um, there were some moments where John was pulling Connor's head down and that he was hitting him with harder knees, uh, much harder knees. Connor tends to kind of slap his knees in there, but... Um, both guys landed some good elbows. Neither of them was cut. Um, Connor's incredibly good at uh, off-balancing and tripping. Um, and he got a couple good ones, but there's a couple where he kind of landed on top and he used a little bit of energy to get him down. And, you know, it was, it, it, it was a very close fight. And I could see how it could go either way. We felt like we had done enough. Uh, but the judges gave it split decision. It was a split decision to Connor in the end and good for him uh, he went on to win the whole thing um, and the eight man good for you Connor that was uh, John's last fight so it was John's last fight man with the John Ho fight you know you just never knew what you're in for like you're always in for something exciting he um, I mean that's a great way to that's a great kind of mantle to you know, be remembered by in your fight career. I said it to the crew the other day. I was like, no one's going to remember your record, you know, in three or four years. it doesn't even matter. What matters is the the experiences you had and the fights and the memories that you left people with because that's all we really have in this life. You know, you can't take your record with you. You can't take your memories with you either, but you can certainly leave an impression on others and enjoy life in the moment. And uh, John certainly fought, in the moment, and good for him. It was an absolute pleasure being a part of John's career, and I'm so uh, privileged to be able to have corner him for his last, you know, two two occasions um, under uh, our own banner down here, and you know, with you know one of my best mates in this world, and my former coach and John's coach, Andy Colgrave, came down especially from Darwin, where he's been up there. Um, turning crocodiles into shoes. No, he hasn't. I shouldn't say that. There's probably some, um, you know, people listening who aren't into that kind of thing. He's been, uh, he's travelling around Australia in a caravan. Not because he's done something naughty in Melbourne. He's trying to escape the law. Um, Not because he's a meth cook. Or maybe he is. Actually, again, there's probably some uh, of our um, Victoria Police listeners uh, privy to this. he does have a med, mud flat but he's not a meth cook um, he is just travelling around with his family because why not and he's having a bloody good time and it was awesome to hang out with him and to share that last uh, hurrah uh, with him was really cool so that was John done and dusted no more too old sexy armor done so we'll see him around the, uh, the gym in a coaching capacity until. uh this lady steals him off to another uh, land, far, far away. Um, what happened then? I'm sure heaps happened. Oh, Zane, yep, Zane just um, got in the ring, gave everyone a heart attack. The Milkman, Zane, the Milkman Braniff. So um, some little birdies told me that you know there was an interaction that happened with Zane, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, where he referred to himself as the Milkman. He won the milkman on the back of his shorts, so um, which surprised me because Zane's too young to remember milkmen. I actually had them round for a barbecue the other day, and I told them about you know my memories of the milkman coming around in the morning. And you put your little tags out the front of the letterbox. You know your silver tag for the full cream milk, which was my favourite. Obviously, if you look at my, um, if you look at my figure, and the was that the extra cream? No, that was the extra cream. Extra cream, me willy, that's what they call me. And then the blue was the the, the full cream. And then the, the bloody, um, what do you call it? The green, Kakariki green. It's a bit of tareo for New Zealanders. Kakariki green was the, the trim milk. And the yellow was probably something else, but I can't remember. But anyway, the milk now would come along with little bottles and his little truck. you take your tags and... You put your little bottles out and a little wire thing and you take them. Anyway, I told you I'd digress. The milkman, Zane Braniff. Look, we wanted to have a nice clean fight too and you know, we picked a hard fight for him. I think Kevin Liu from Braveheart, I think that's his sixth fight. He came out like a hurricane. He came in and tried to take poor old Zane's head off and I don't blame him. I get sick of looking at it too but um, yeah, he just came out super hard and yeah, it was kind of a pretty messy old fight, but man, it was super fun, like they both just <laughs> threw down. Not many people know this, but um, Zane had a fractured leg before that fight. He had a fractured leg and a shin. He had an x-ray. Um you know, that you'll notice if you watch that fight that his best weapon, the switch kick, he didn't throw it. In fact, he threw nothing off his left leg. He didn't even check kicks. That is a tough little milkman. Bless his little heart. We actually put um, a Chinese uh, tattoo numbing cream on his shin on the spot of his fracture so he couldn't feel his shin. (sighs) You know what? Bless his little heart. Uh, He got in there. He fought super hard with one leg. Um, Both of them rocked one another many times uh, and got the split decision win. You got Split decision wins, Zane, eh? the milkman Braniff, was announced afterwards by the uh, what do you call him? Ring announcer, the ring announcer, the MC. Um, he was announced as the milkman, so that is now his mantle, and he'll be referred to as such. Um, the commentator, Pinky Pinky Donald from Pinky Team Pinky Muay Thai in South Australia, liked the fight so much. He put 100 bucks in Zane's mouth and he ran around the ring with it like an aeroplane. And then um, Isaac tried to pick him up to celebrate. And I kicked us all out because the show was running overtime. So that would have been a good photo. Sorry, um, Isaac and sorry, Zane. That kind of ruined your moment. Because what happens when those two connect and get on top of one another's shoulders, they turn into, um, Oct- not Optimus Prime. Remember I mean, when uh, bloody Transformers turned into Mega... mega blah, 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 blah. I can't remember. And you guys are all probably too young to remember what happened when the bloody Transformers all connected into one another. Captain Planet, he was pretty cool, remember him? Wind, water, earth, hot. And then they turn into Captain Planet. <sighs> so I don't think Isaac's too into Captain Planet. He's more into shooting ducks. Anyway, bought the bullet story for another day. And then Roots was done. They kicked us out. Actually, they didn't kick us out. We were supposed to, Donna Lindsay had booked us Mexican at 5 o'clock, but the show ran overtime. So um, I ate some jelly snakes. And then as soon as Zane was done, I wrapped Isaac's hands. And man, you know, it was Isaac's 17th fight. It was a 17th professional fight he's just turned 14 years old not 14 no he hasn't turned 14 he's about 22 or 23 um he's incredibly mature for that age so kind of sometimes it's kind of hard to it's easy to forget that he's um he hasn't been on this earth very long It's 23 years you know, I have a car older than him you know, many things older than him um anyway he wrapped his hands in um you know, he was he was buggered. Like the you know he, he some days we turn up, and we're ready for action. And this day we, we really had to. He really had to kind of psych himself up to get in there. It was a very long day, and um, you know, it's been a hard camp. And he's a young dad, and he worked super hard, and I'm proud of him. He got in there against a guy and Van Fan, It was a rematch. Isaac knocked him out in the first fight. It's a long, long time ago now, but 15 fights ago. Van has fought the best that we have to offer, you know, and and some really tough ties as well. Van is very, very good and a very hard fighter, especially at 59 kgs, which is a big, big cut for Isaac Um, these days. He's a lot bigger than he used to be when they um, fought previously. And uh, it was only a second, five by three minute fight, and just paced it beautifully. I thought. One of the things I really like about cornering Isaac uh, and me and Andy, we're very much, uh, you know, we've done a lot of cornering together and we're very good at kind of bouncing off one another and we're usually thinking the same thing and sometimes someone will say it before the other and we play different roles in the corner um, depending on the need. But, you know, we're both so just impressed by Isaac's, um, what's the word? Like, he's just so... uh, his cognitive ability in the corner he's able to sit there and uh you know ask questions and troubleshoot and problem solve and just really doesn't get kind of sucked into the adrenaline and it has fun and i love that muay thai and i said at the start is about the experience and having fun man and like because that's what you take with you and you know when you're a- a- occupying that Hemisphere your brain and staying away from the amygdala then you you remember these things and you experience them truly and man He fought hard van was started kicking his back leg, which we really didn't expect and um, he wore a lot of damage to it He came back in between At the end of the second round He goes guys if he keep my legs not too bad now But if he keeps kicking it, it's going to be a problem and so we got him start sliding left and he did really well and Got him to keep landing a switch kick. Asked him to step it up in the third. The third round was super close. Um, with you know in these in these five by threes, you don't want to do too much work too early. So sometimes it's about just doing enough to win each round. And um, Van just pipped us at the end of the third. Um, hit him with a real hard kick that, uh, and Isaac kind of buckled over at the the hip to kind of check it, and it, it looked big. Um, but then in the fourth and the fifth, Isaac rallied and just, just switch kick after switch kick. And he'd been landing his one-two real crisp, and we were asking him, we're like, you know, throw you one and two, have a little pause, and then come back in and crack him again because he was kind of, Van was kind of stopping. And uh, Isaac then finished the fifth round with some huge dumps, like really big. He's got a beautiful sweep on him. When he catches the leg, he gets massive elevation and turned the Van upside down. And bam, wham, thank you, ma'am. So looking forward to the photos. I was super proud of Isaac. He's a great kid and, um, you know, deserves everything he uh, that comes to him because he works hard for it. It was nice to see. He got the uh, split decision draw. Split decision draw, which uh, I think was a fair result, fair call. Um, I th- knew it was a... Well, I said to Andy at the end of the fourth, I said, if we win this, it's a draw. So, um, we got it. Um, it was lovely to see him having an embrace with his beautiful partner, Tanisha, after. Um, she very much uh, is in there with him when he's fighting. And, man, shout out to the girlfriends, the wives, the boyfriends of everyone that is uh, is in there because they make big sacrifices for us to do this and uh, bless their little hearts, especially with little bubs. Like Dylan and um, Dylan and Isaac have uh, young children uh, and, you know, it's a big sacrifice to be at the gym every night. You know, Dylan um, works uh, in Homer Simpson's old job at the nuclear plant, just pushing a button all day. Um, but, you know, that's tiring. And kid, you're not allowed kids in the nuclear plant. And Isaac, um, when he's not... Um. Uh, when he's not training moite he's working hard on building sites as a plasterer and then you know, his little bubs he doesn't get to see her all the time so you know it's a big sacrifice these guys make and their their partners uh, make just as much sacrifice as them so thank you Olivia and Tanisha for letting us have uh, your boys all the time I hope you enjoyed the last few days with them we had a beautiful barbecue with them the other day around at my house it was really nice to have them all around, even though it was super cold. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. To many, many more, I'm sure. And then, on the other side of town at the same time, hang on, I'm just watching YouTube at the moment, because I'm watching the IFMAS World Cup live. I'm just waiting for Ben Cant from uh, Australia to fight Captain Pitchindi from Thailand. And I think that might be them. No, that's not them. Um, anyway, on the other side of town, all this was going on, we had some fun and games in MMA, so Drew East got back in there, um, things didn't go his way. Big punch came his way actually, um, I haven't even seen the fight yet, this is all second kind of second hand, um, and he got cracked with an overhand, and guess what, MMA is a fickle game my friends, it's a fickle game, they are small gloves, and when you get punched with one of them, you may as well get punched with a fist. I'm not sure if you've ever been punched with a fist. I have. Um, Many times. And um, Drew certainly was on the weekend. And uh, it wobbled him a little bit. And he did well to kind of recover. And then he got um, kind of bum-rushed and got hit with a shot to the liver. And that was all over Red Rover. And the referee... Quite rightly, in Amateur uh, MMA, they stop it because the fighters' safety is paramount. And um, the fight was done. My friends, success is not a straight line. Whatever success means to you, it's kind of subjective. But um, it's, it's a windy road. It's a maze. And uh, certainly these setbacks are to be expected. Some of them happen later for others. Some of them happen the first couple of fights. Andrew is Mr. Consistent, which is also Mr. Consistent. Have you tried it? They make premixes for cocktails, espresso, martinis, and margaritas. I know, because it's in our laundry, not our laundry, our bath, uh, what do you call it, bloody garage, and we drank lots of it over New Year's. Mr. Consistent. What was I talking about? Oh, Drew. Drew's Mr. Consistent. Don't try drinking Drew. He'll taste sour and gross. But um, have a chat to him. He's sweet. Uh, unless you're trying to punch your head in. He'll be back. He's a hard worker. In fact, he was back on Monday. A maniac. He turned up the sparring. I was like, you're not getting punched in the head, dude. You got punched in the head on the weekend. What are you getting punched in the head again for? Because he wants to fix. It's important to him. And he works hard. And... Um, Bless his little socks. His little Drew socks. I love Drew. Love Drew. Good for him, man. Good for him. I love that attitude. Many a uh, 99.999%. Look, I'm no mathematician, but that's a big. That's a big percentage, right? They would never get in there in the first place, ever. Most people on this planet never have a cage fight. True. Most people on this planet never have a cage fight. And if they do, and if they get punched in the face on the Saturday and they're finished and the referee stops it, of those people who participate, how many show up two days later to spark to fix their mistakes? Yeah. Exactly. Drew's the Drew is the man. Now Drew, if you're listening, which probably not because probably no one is, good for you, buddy. And then Sammy, young Sammy Barable, she messaged me on Monday when she saw an infographic for Demolition going, fight a call out, we've had a pull out at flyweight, this girl's a very credential grappler, um, she is a muscle hamster, she's a hamster made of muscle, she uh, has got lots of little gold medals and little jujitsu cuddling competitions and she wants to have a cage fight with somebody in four days. Sammy goes, I want to do it. She messaged me. I said, okay, Sammy, you can because you're a jet and you're very much ready. Sammy's already booked for a fight in July. And I thought, you know what? Let's get in there and have some fun. And I sat down with her the, this afternoon she showed me her fight. And I'm bloody proud of her. It was an incredible fight for someone on four days notice. And we didn't have a game plan. It didn't matter. I we was just like, get in there and have fun. And she did. She was smiling like a Cheshire cat. Um, she did some incredible things, some fantastic things. And she made some mistakes, which is perfect. I'm glad she made some mistakes because it means that we can fix them and we can improve. And she'll continue to make mistakes and we'll improve on those too because she told me tonight, and I loved hearing this, she's like, it lit something in me. It started something in me and I want to live here at the gym. So I apologize to her, her partner, Sam, Sammy, Sam Meteaphinov, so the Sammy Bearable and Sammy Meteaphinov, bloody confusing. They live together, and they're in a monogamous relationship. There's no third Sammy. <laughs> well, maybe there is. Well, I don't know. That's their own business. But they're in a monogamous relationship. Two Sams, and um, she said, "I want to live at the gym," and I love that passion. She um, is going to go place at Sammy. She's a she's an interesting person because she i just the more i get to know her, i just get these little glimpses of what's in there and you know big things come in small packages and um there's she's got uh some virtues of character that endear themselves to greatness and they're in there and they're raw but they can be actualized and with uh, a vision and a goal and passion and drive, which she communicated to me today, she has. Those things can um, be matured into amazing things. So if you um, if you follow her journey, you will not be disappointed. She's fighting in July. Buy a ticket, come. She's going to fly kick someone's head off. And if you want to see someone's head come clean off their shoulders and land in your lap then A, you're a sicko, but B, you should buy a ticket. It's going to be the best. So good for you, Sammy. Good for you. Well, you know what? That's one thing that's coming up. Well, that was all that was on on the weekend. Some other, I'm sure something else happened, but that's all that we need to talk about. Um, yeah, and then what have we got coming here? So, yeah, there's the Rogue. So Rogue Fight Series is coming up. Sammy's fighting on that. That's MMA. And um, we've got Tawny. I've, I used to uh, corner Tawny when we... Trained at another gym, Renegade MMA, Kensington. Um, and he's fighting. He's fighting first fight. Uh, I'll be... Uh, he'll be kind of fighting out of uh, Renegade and uh, I'll be there with... Um, well, maybe he's fighting out Bones as well. It doesn't really matter. It's, he's Tawny. And um, he's my brother and I'll be there with him. And his uh, head coach, Jamie Murray, my also my brother, he will be there and um he's gonna go and uh give someone a hiding because it's quite simply what he does he has stopped everybody he's finished um at his first uh professional fight this luke daly from infinite you don't see many pros coming out of that gym and um he kind of stomped them they they won one of these amateur titles and um one of them popped up the pro and 20 kind of popped them back down um this happens in MMA, like we said. It's a fickle game. Um, Tony's very good. He's got he's a very good grappler, but he just decides to knock everyone out. So bless his little heart, he'll be on there. Um, that fight, his opponent has not been announced yet, but it will be soon. We have young David Mirabelli, the man on telly. Uh, Dagestani Dave, some have um, lovingly referred to him. He's fighting a uh, good little grappler. Dave is so good. Like it is, Dave, Dave. Um, I don't know. Dave is just he grinds. Like sometimes I, I forget. Um, I forget how good he is because I spend a lot of time downstairs at the Muay Thai, and I'll go upstairs and I'll be like, "Man, if you because he, he's always, he's so small, like he he's fighting a flyweight and he's." up there mixing it up with you know 85 kg men and putting them on their butt and no one can pin them down so um i'm really excited to see him uh get in there and beat someone up we have maddie kindred maddie kindred everyone's favorite um happy feet uh he'll be back he's back in a big way he hasn't had a good run of luck But everybody who knows, knows. If you know, you know. Maddy Kindred, aka Happy Feet. If you know, you know. And if you know, you know, you know. If you don't know, then you don't know. But you will know. Maddy Kindred, Happy Feet. If you know, you know. He's fighting on it as well. And then Sammy and who else? Bloody hell, there's someone else be as cheap as creepers if I forgot about you my goodness if I forgot about you my sincerest and most humblest apologies um, I've been punched many times in the head and I'm also watching the imF not imF IFMA. IFMA, the Moito at the moment as as I'm uh, talking which is very con- uh, distracting and um, my uh, dog is chewing on my foot. Uh, And then we have, uh, I'm trying to get bloody Karush um, and Lockie on IMAF, which is the International Mixed Martial Art Federation. Uh, I'm trying to get them up to Brisbane to compete, but they're not getting back to me, the IMAF people. So if you're listening, which you're not, I wish you were, but if you were, which you're not, get them a fight because I need to... Um, pay for their bloody tickets A long way away So do it And there's some probably some other shit happening Oh no we've got Moy Vicks coming up as well we've got Moy Vicks um, That's just around the corner We've got young Luca On that We've got uh, young Tom we've got Oscar uh, Michael Frankus. All kinds of people The Stoney Max And my son Marley Eight years old Bless his little socks He's going to have his first fight He's been big in me for years So if you want to see my eight year old son um, fight, which I do then uh, come along and you can see the others for the same price um, then we have blah, 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 Hardcore Isaac Tomlinson fighting for the WBC title against Suleiman amazing fight it's going to be shown on Fox Sports delayed coverage of course also on that card Ryan, the Alcoa Tower Doyle in the second pro fight at the tender age of 18, fighting a grown ass man. We've got Hannah Belekta fighting Penny, who's fought everyone else from the gym, all the other girls. Penny little pocket rocket. So they're gonna have a little punch on. Hannah's gonna pick her up and just toss her around the ring a little bit. Probably not. Actually, Penny's very good. It's gonna be a great fight. I'm actually really looking forward to that one. Um, I reckon this can be could possibly be the second. Contender for fight of the night after Isaacs, so we'll see how they go. That's gonna be a great fight Now uh, we've got a good plan. Hannah's getting very good I wouldn't want to fight Hannah. The longer this the more water that goes under the bridge The more likely Hannah is just to throw Penny clean out of the building. I like Penny. I like Carly too, so don't throw it out of the building. Maybe just um, throw on the ground a couple of times near on the head um. Then who else? Uh. I've got Zane. Zane's fighting again. He's fighting a, fighting a Thai Simon Lang out a super fight. Very clean style, from Donnie Miller's gym. And um. That's probably it. Anyway, I reckon that's probably enough. So, I'm gonna go watch the Muay Thai. In fact, Lani left some rocky road in the pantry, and she is in. UCLA, so I'm gonna eat it, because I'm fat, and I'm hungry. And it's 9.30 at night, and I like to eat chocolate before I go to sleep. so how I maintain this physique. So anyway, Bones, Bare Bones, Bare Bones, Bones, Bare Bones podcast, Uh, the first audio edition. If you liked it, let me know, and I'll do it again. If you didn't like it, piss off, go do Taekwondo or something, you big dweeb. Anyway, love you.